Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. The book of Zechariah, we are going through the Old Testament, nearing the end. We'll finish this up most likely next week. And um, we, uh, last week, we, we hung out in a book of, a book of Haggai, or Haggai, and we, we learned a few things from that book, which I think are so important. We learned that our priorities matter. It's so important that, that our priorities and where we place things in our life is crucial, it's critical. Again, anytime our priorities are out of order, there's chaos, and so we want things to be in line. And so as we do that, as we put God first, we know and we learn from the second thing last week that, you know, this is what happens, that, you know, some discouragement can come in. You know, everybody don't believe in your dream, and, and everybody, everybody's not jumping for joy. Satan's not excited when you, when you give everything over to God and put priorities in place. And so, uh, again, but don't let that discouragement stop you. And the third thing that we learn from Haggai is this, is that Jesus makes everything better. Ain't that cool? I mean, is, and is that true? Am I telling y'all one from the state? No, I'm telling you the truth. <clears throat> he makes everything better. And so today as we do this, as we look at the book of Zechariah, I want you to understand that Zechariah and, and Haggai, like, they ran together. Like, they were boys, man. They, they were prophesying, and they were together. And you would see that during this same time frame, during this same era, is when they were prophesying and speaking forth the promises and the words of God together. And so, you know, last week, that this, this is where that the children of Israel had now been allowed to go back into the land of the, the promised land. And then while they were there, they were, they were sent there to rebuild the temple and to rebuild God's house. And so we saw and learned that Haggai was speaking to them, encouraged them to, to, to move on and keep moving forward in that progress and, and not to let anything stop you. We see now that in this same time frame, Zechariah steps in as well, and he's also now encouraging them. He's, he's pointing them to do this, to the time and the day that when this temple will be built and Messiah will come, and he will, he will stand on a restored temple in a restored city, and it's going to be a glorious day. He's basically like, if I summarize that right now, he's telling them this. It's going to be worth it. Tell your neighbor it's going to be worth it all. Come on, it's going to be worth it all. Amen, I'm telling you, just, it, it's going to be worth it all. And so Zechariah's coming to them. He's, he's like, when they're like missing it, he's encouraging them to repent. You know, like, again, like you've dropped the ball, so let's repent Get back to work, you know, same time, that message, beautiful. That again, repent, move forward. He's telling these guys, serve God, man. I know it's not easy, and I know you don't, may not like everything that's going on in your life, but serve God. And he, he tells them, like, he's always going to be with you. I mean, that's beautiful that he's letting them know. And so a large portion of the book of Zechariah are actually like the visions that Zechariah has, and you could go back and study each one, but again, it's leading them to a time to where they're, 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 they're coming to that place to where the temple will be restored again. Now, we heard a name last week, and if you study this, that name will be used again, and Zerubbabel. <clears throat> you got to feel the Holy Spirit when you say that name. Zerubbabel was, was the governor, governor, and he was ultimately uh, t- responsible for the building of this temple. You know, it's kind of like, 
you know, leadership, and it starts at the top and how so much flows from there. And, and he was kind of like taking on the pressures of like having to get this temple rebuilt. And he was feeling some of the, the, the weight that can come from, from the mission that God has placed upon him. And, and so we see through this rebuilding process that he begins to believe that, like, he can do this. Like, I, I can get the right, like, armies in place and the right military forces and with the right strength. And, and we're going to make this happen. This is going to go down. This is going to work. And, and in Zechariah, we see in chapter 4, verse 6, a very well-known verse. Probably one of the most well-known verses from Zechariah. And we see now where the word of the Lord is coming to him, and, and he's speaking this. He says, Zechariah 4, 6, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I love this. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. Man, that's good. Love that passage. That, that it, it, it will not be like you trying to make it happen. Has anybody like tried to make it happen? Did it happen? Nope. Not for long if, it, if, it, <clears throat> if you did work it out for a few moments. And so it, it's, it's, this is what God is speaking to him. And, and it's really, it's the same for today. The message still applies today, and, and, and there are things that God is calling us into, and, and he's letting you know today, and he's, he's letting us all know and grab hold of this today that what God has called you to do, it won't be accomplished by your strength. It'll be accomplished by his. Amen. And that, that's how this will happen. And, and so he's letting him know, yeah, repent, serve, don't stop. The Spirit of God is what's going to make this work. It's the Lord himself who's going to come in. And this is like a beautiful picture of us, even for our salvation and for today that we see, which is and now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit that is continually to be built and continually to be strengthened. And there's going to be a time and a day when that temple is completely restored and, and, and the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings is going to stand and he's going to declare us, man, his children, and we will come and see him. I mean, it's going to be like a beautiful, incredible day. But this is what we must understand in the process. Same thing applies. It's His Spirit. You know, if you're saved today in this room, if, if you have salvation, you know it was not your works. It was His Spirit. It, it is not that like, you're like, I'm like, I'm going to try, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, bro. I'm serious this time. And it's like, I'm getting saved, man. He saves you. Okay, that's, what it, that's how it works. And so it's like, even to walk in this, it's not like, I'm going to like be better and be stronger. No, you do this. You let the Holy Spirit come, and you let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And he's telling us today, it's not by your works. It's not by your strength. You can try harder. You can do all those things. But you let the Spirit of God work. And watch what happens. Let my presence just step in and move and watch what I will do. And so this, again, beautiful promises from Zechariah today. Again, I love it. But this book is just filled with stuff, man. It is good stuff. And it is filled with like so many messianic prophecies. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, these are prophecies. These are words that are spoken ahead of time of the coming Messiah that will return, who will come to earth. And there, there are people today that believe that, uh, there are religions today that believe that the Messiah has not yet come. 
But the truth is this, the Messiah came, it was through the person of Jesus, and so now we see stuff like in Zechariah, it's, it's, it's filled with more messianic prophecy than any other book. It's wild, man. You'll see things, and I just listed a few here, that you'll see that throughout Zechariah, you'll see like names of Jesus referred to. Even things that he called himself and the scripture calls him that you, you'll see in some of the passages where it says that he's the branch and you'll see that he's the true shepherd. Uh, you see things like represented that he is the king, he's the priest, and, and it's, it's him who comes. You, you will see in Zechariah like so much of the gospel presented in the Old Testament and so much presented in this book. I, I love it. You, if, if you study, you'll see like even prophecies in the book of Zechariah that will tell us of the betrayal that will happen to Christ. How, how he was betrayed by one of his very own, one close to him, and who betrayed him and, 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 and again sold him. And, and, and literally as a result, again, we know again Jesus allowed all this. He gave his life. He was betrayed, and Jesus gave his life. He, he surrendered everything. You, you'll see that there. You, you will find in, in things like the sufferings that Jesus had to go through. How many knows that what Jesus did for us was a brutal death, what he took for us? Our, our sin was a high price, and so it, it, it cost a lot. And Jesus suffered so much. You, you would see the prophecies of the crucifixion, where he actually prophesied. 400 years before he ever got on the cross that he would give his life. Love it that it doesn't end there and the gospel does not end with Jesus' death. It ends with his life. And, and, and we see that in these prophecies of Zechariah, you'll, you'll actually can see the second return of Christ, that he's coming again. How many, how many knows he's coming again? Amen. He's going to come again. And there's going to be still some people looking for him, waiting on him. So I didn't know it was going to happen that way. Listen, he's coming again. So much here. But I want to do this. this is, I, gotta, I always have to listen to the Holy Spirit and get up here and try to be as sensitive as I can when, when, I, when I preach His Word. I, I feel like today He wants us to zero in on a prophecy, of Messianic prophecy, a foretelling of Jesus, and that's who the Messiah is. And it's in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. You probably are there by now. Zechariah 9, 9 says this. Again, Messianic prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Whew, the king is coming, man. And he's coming again. And, and, and he's, this is prophesied here. He is just and having salvation. We learned a few weeks back. That's when he came. He brought these things with him. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, right in the middle of this book, we see a messianic prophecy that is just filled with so many incredible things. And I want to zero in on a few this morning. If you're taking notes, the number one thing is this today, is that God will do what he says. I like that, man. That's like, that's awesome to me. And, and it's like, and it's just like a, a principle and a truth that like we need to hold on to today. Have, have, you, have you ever heard the voice of God? Just raise your hand. It's okay. Not like, oh, I believe. And, and like, 
those ceiling tiles roll back. I'm not talking, but you like you know you've heard his voice. And the Bible says that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. They know it, recognize it. So if you have not heard his voice today, I want to invite you to get to know that true shepherd that we that was prophesied, that Jesus fulfilled, that so you can hear him too. But who's heard it? Who's heard the voice? You, you like you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, th- this is like incredible. Has he spoken things to you? you this, this is the truth. What he said to you, he would do. What he told you and what he says he will do, he will do. He, he does it. He always does it. And, and the, this is not a coincidence. Like, it's like th- this couldn't be coincidence. The things that were prophesied, spoken so clearly in Scripture, that like, it just kind of like, well, it just happened that way. No, it's not coincidence. And it's like amazing that so many people believe this. We're doing a study on Wednesday, and th- now that we just kicked off, and I shared this statistic Wednesday on our Wednesday group. It says this, that 53%, 53% of 18 to 34-year-olds believe the Bible contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but it's not literally true. It's disturbing. It's sad, actually. That, that, that so many believe that, you know, yeah, man, you know, that's some ancient myths there. That's some pretty cool stuff. Listen, this is not coincidence. This is God doing what he says. This is him doing exactly what he said he would do. Now, <clears throat> it's, wild, it's wild that it actually takes now, if you understand the prophecy of the fulfillment of that, God speaks this prophecy in the book of Zechariah through the prophet. It is around like, 400 years later that this prophecy is fulfilled. And who of y'all want to keep waiting for 400 years on what God told you? Everybody's hand went back down. You stuck it in your back pocket. You sat on it. You're like, nope. No, no, nobody wants to wait that long. But listen, it's, it's the principle that he's going to do what he said he'll do. That, that every time, and, 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 and I think it's important that we see something here that God's timing and our timing is not always the same. It's, it's different, but, it, but it's important, and, and this is what we understand, and I love this. We've been learning like so, so much from even the names of the guys who wrote the book. Zechariah's name actually means Yahweh remembers. So Zechariah is like a prophet, meaning this. You know something? God remembers. He remembers. Yahweh remembers. He, he remembers, and everything that he has said to you will come true. Every promise that he's spoken, the things that he has told us, and in his word that are so clear from Scripture, he hasn't forgot. I don't know about you, like, I have a tendency to sometimes forget things, you know, and, and you know, and sometimes you're like, kind of like, oh, oh wow, like, I'll, I'll call my wife, and, and I'll be like, you know, trying to, <clears throat> to tell her something, and she don't answer the phone, you know, and then like, later on, she calls you back, and then she's like, what, what is it you called me for? What do we say? Oh, I forgot. You know why? You waited 30 minutes to call me back, woman. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, you know I don't, don't tell her like that. But, uh, but you, you waited 30 minutes. And, and this is what Sam, 30 minutes earlier, I was going to tell her something. And I can't remember. Come on, somebody. Y'all, some of y'all like, y'all don't want to nudge your neighbor right now, but you know who I'm talking You know, you know what I'm talking about. And, and I ain't going to say that it gets, I, there's maybe sometimes worse things happen where I've actually like gotten a call, actually answered the call, 
Hello? Oh, I forgot why I was calling you. <laughs> Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. We've done it. We've been there. And, and uh, I, I forgot. And I'm like, it was like 28 seconds. It rang like four times. And I picked it up on the fourth one, dude. And you've already forgot. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? And, and then we have fun with it. But th- this is not God. He spoke it. He said it. And it's true. He, he, he spoke it. He said it. And it's true. And he will do what he says. Isaiah 55, 10 says this. It says, for as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, and do not return that, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Man, that's what happens. He says, so shall the word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Do you understand the things that God has said to us? He speaks to us in his word. It will come to pass. And this is what you need to understand about God, that right now he has not, cannot, will not fail you. And if, and if maybe you're saying, like, why is there failure in my life? Why is it that I feel that way? Listen, you have to see the source. and You have to understand the truth that God's word and promises are true. He does what he says. Now, again, we know this, that people on this earth don't always do what they say. Some of the things that happen in our life are a result of those things. And there are things that people do and some choices that they make that are against what this word says. But this is what we hold on to. What he says. So what does he say about me? What does he say about you and about your situation? That's what we go to. And I, I think sometimes like we're thinking that like, it's kind of like a struggle for him. I, I, do you understand like the things that he says he's going to do? It's not a struggle. It's, I don't, have you ever like had a jar of something you're like trying to open it? And you're like, you know, you got it between your legs and I mean, arms, and you go in those little rubber things that go on the top of it. You know what I'm talking about? That's old school stuff, but we had one of those in my house. And, uh, and those things are, like, awesome. And, uh, you know, get it, then you, like, you get a, a little knife. <laughs> Is it just me? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, you, t- t- you hit on the side. You try, and, and then somebody walks up. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let me give me a try. And what do we, I loosened it up. Do we do, we do that. We're like, we seriously think we're helping God out, like we're loosening it up, and one day he's going to come along. Listen, you can't open it. You can't, there's no way. You keep beating on it. You keep pulling on it. You do everything. But listen, hand it over to him. Let him just take it and just, let him open it. It's just like, it's not hard. Why? He's already paid the price for it. He's already purchased. He already has the strength. All authority we learned is, is, is given to him. So again, 400 years later. I want you to see this happen. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. Let's read this prophecy. Come to pass. Let's see what happens here. It says that now when they drew near Jerusalem, this is Jesus fulfilling the prophecy, the promise, and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples and saying to them, 
Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, uh, tied uh, and a, a colt tied with her. Loose them, bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. I like that. I just, that's a whole other message. That's just cool, man. God needs it. Here you go, bro. Take it. And, and, but verse 4, and, and this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the, so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. We're going to be coming up on this season soon of this, this happening. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus. The prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Listen, I want you to understand this today. Hold on to every promise that God has spoken to you. He will do what he says every time. Number two, and I love it from this story, that there is like no other king like Jesus. That's what we learn from this, that there is no other king like Jesus. This G Jesus, the Bible says, king of kings, and he's lord of lords, and, and this is Jesus, because we see something in this, this word here that is so different, that you would see so many times that when the Bible is associated with the, the king who is coming, it is typically in this setting of wartime, and they're riding upon a war horse, not a donkey. Now, could you like like, see, like, going to war on a donkey? I mean, my mind goes, like, Braveheart, and I see Mel Gibson, and, I mean, he's painted up, and he's declaring, three dot. I mean, he's, like, he's excited, he's pumping up, and then they turn around, and they're like, it's funny, it's funny, it's okay to laugh, it's okay. It's crazy. <laughs> but just think about it. We're coming for you. You know what I'm talking about, man. It feels good in here today. <laughs> this, you have to understand what's going on here. This was different. There, there's no king like this. Now, I want you to see that you'll see just there's glimpses of this in, in Scripture, and there's, again, prophecies fulfilled. We, we see in 1 Kings 30, uh, chapter 1, verse 33, we actually see Solomon, the king, actually was on a donkey. And, and so I want you to see that this is not like Jesus not coming in authority or not coming in power. It actually says this in verse 33, The king also said to them, Take with you the service of your Lord, and have Solomon, my, Solomon, my son, ride on my own mule and take him down to Gahan. But I want, I want you to see this is different. Because, listen, Jesus is coming. And you know why they were, like, so pumped? 
they were fired up because they were like, man, this is the prophecy. This is what was spoken. And then now they're like, palm. you see the multitudes, they're taking out their, off their outer garments, they're laying them down, they're waving palm branches, and they're saying this, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. That means do this, like save now. Save now. But this is different because this king is coming to wage war on something that is so different than what our minds can understand. And there's at that time. It wasn't a natural war he was coming to fight. They came in on that war horse and they were victorious in their stance and they were high sitting upon that horse because they were coming to shed blood and they were coming to take over. And these guys are now seeing this being done different by Jesus because this is what happens in this war. The only one whose whose blood was shed was Jesus. You know, they're like, it's going to happen now. They're going to drive out. He's coming, and we're going to like drive out the Romans and this oppression that we're feeling. The Jews were like, this is it. This is our promise, man. This is the Messiah. He's gonna, the, the rule of the Roman Empire and the oppression and the things that we sat under. They're like, man, now it's coming. Now victory is coming. But listen, Jesus was not coming to drive out the Romans. He was coming to drive out sin. He was coming to drive out shame and coming to drive out our failures. He was coming to deliver us. And he came to bring life to death, people. He came to bring life and hope to us today. And they did this. They looked at Jesus and they said, now, he didn't come on our terms. We thought that, man, this Jesus, and we were singing that Hosanna to him. We were shouting this to him. But he didn't come on our terms. You know something? It didn't happen like we, were going, like we thought it was going to happen. And, and, and again, you saw in just in a matter of days the words that were being spoken as Jesus came through the crowd, Hosanna, and those words shifted and became crucified. Kill him. You know, this is something that's so important that we must understand is this, and it still applies and it's still true today. They didn't want Jesus on, Jesus didn't come on their terms and they didn't want his terms, and we see that still today, and it's the same thing that applies with all of us today. You know, we don't, like, get to pick and choose which scriptures we want, and we don't get to, like, decide salvation and what that looks like, and, and, and we, we, we get to see what Jesus did here. He came humbly with all authority, but he came to bring peace, and he came to bring life to us. And I love it because, again, their timing was different and, it's, and so many people pulled away because the timing didn't line up. And they thought, man, I thought the Messiah was going to come on a white horse. I thought he was going to come in power. I thought he was going to come and, with like all authority, and Jesus was. And then, then we know this, Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16, it says this, that this great contrast of Matthew and Revelation, the first book in the New, in the New Testament and the last book in the New Testament, look at the difference. It says that now I saw heaven opened, and behold... A white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Oh, he's going to come. There's, there's, there's a, there will be this contrast. There will be that king on that horse. There will be bloodshed. There will be a difference. But they thought it would come in this time. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. 
And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses, man. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. That with it he, he strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepresses of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. There is no other king like this king. And the third thing we see this morning is this, that king that came. His name is Jesus. He came for all. He came for all. Please see this. Understand this. That the times in which Jesus came and the times in which he came into Jerusalem, it, it was not easy. They were, they were living under this Roman rule. They were living under this Roman oppression. And in this first century time that we see, there were like so many, so poor and, and so brokenhearted. But Jesus did this. Jesus embraced the poor. He embraced the sick. He came to them. And listen, his choice of a donkey instead of a horse at that time Listen, wasn't to show, listen, that I'm, I'm coming to just destroy all these people. I'm coming to save all these people. I'm coming to bring hope. I'm coming to bring life. I'm coming to bring healing today. Because they didn't do what the other kings do. You know, so many of these kings, they sit in their kingdom and, and they, they sit upon their throne and, and they let the measly people just come and underneath them and come past them and they may or may not put out their hand to bless them. Jesus could have stayed in heaven. But instead he did this, he brought heaven to earth. He could have stayed in his kingdom and had all the angels in heaven continue to come around him and worship him. But he stepped out and he brought his kingdom to earth. Such a contrast to the other kings. I want you, if you would, to just stand with me right now. And I want you to, stick, to grab hold of this last principle. Hold on to this right now so tightly. Jesus came for all. <laughs> so you know what that means right now? That's you. That's you. Man, I done some stuff. They, these people come up here and get these microphones and share things that have happened in their life, man. And you may be like thinking, I've, I've done too much. Listen, Jesus came for all. Oh, all who turned to him, all who put their hope and faith in him. We understand it. I don't know. We never will. But this temple that can be made new in him continue to be built until the day he returns in power and all authority. If you would, I just ask you to do this. Just bow your heads and today. Just, just close your eyes with me right now and just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? Oh, man, that we come together and we, we let him just speak to our hearts. And This picture that we see here is a picture, again, so much that we cannot save ourselves. Some of you may be like right now trying to turn the lid, man, trying to twist it and trying to like you wearing yourself out, trying to figure it out, trying to do it on your own. Just hand it over to him today. 
Maybe for some of you right now listening to this, like that very first point, God will do what he says. That you've, you've read things, you've read promises, there's been some things you've been holding on to in Scripture. There's some things he's confirmed it in your heart with. Maybe it just feels like, man, it's, it has maybe not been 400 years, but it may feel like it sometimes. But listen today, he wants you to know, listen, he'll do what he says. He will do what he says he will do. Second thing we learned is this, there's no other king like Jesus. There's no, other, no one else in the position of authority who can do what Jesus can do. Listen, so quit worshiping other kings. Quit bowing to them. Quit turning to them. Listen, put all hope in him today. Listen, and the third is he came for all. His heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, today, if, 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 if today you need the presence of God in your life, you need the king of kings to just do something in your heart and life. It may be for salvation for you. It may be surrender, recommitment today. It may just be a need in your life that you may have. And I need the king who's different than other kings to show up. Just right there where you're standing, I want you to just lift up both hands to him. I want to pray over you today. I just want to pray over you today. Father, I just thank you right now for hands raised right now, Lord. <laughs> Those are opportunities for you to move, God. Yes, Lord, just as we lift up our hands to you, God. When any other needs, there's a need in your life, physical, emotional, you need strength today, you need peace, whatever it is, just raise up both hands to it. God, I thank you today right now, Lord, for each hand that's raised, this is an opportunity for you to move. This is an opportunity, Lord. <laughs> and we know right now, Father, you're not up there trying to work it out. This is so simple for you. All you want us to do today is just give it over to you, surrender it to you, Lord. <laughs> so easy. So we quit trying to loosen it up, trying to dip, figure it out, trying to do it on our own strength. We give it over to you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, hands went up. There's several hands that went up. We want to do this with you. We just want to just pray with you and just, just come around you and gather around you. As you saw just a few moments ago, we're a family who loves and just wants to gather and encourage each other in the faith. The worship team's going to minister in song. If you've lifted up your hand, you need prayer. I just want you to do this. Just step out and just begin to just come down. Or you can just step to the back. We have a care room there. We have leaders that will minister to you and pray with you there if that's what you need. But listen, listen, if you need something from God today, listen, he's here. He wants to just pour to you. If you need salvation, repent, turn to him, trust in the Lord. Watch what he'll do in your life. And if you want to do this today, you're just like, man, I want to just honor the king that's in this room. That's what I want. I just want to honor the king that's in this room. You may not have a need, but I just want to invite you to just come and stand. If you need prayer, just come and kneel. And if you want to just come and honor the presence of the Lord, worship him today. Give the true king, king of all kings, what he deserves. We'll invite you at this time as a worship team ministers this Sunday. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.